I'm Katie Bennett-Stenton, a dual Australian US citizen and the national marketing lead for energy resources and industrials with Deloitte in Australia. I'm fortunate to be spending two, two exciting months in our Chicago office while I put my kids into school and finalise their US citizenship. I'm really delighted to have the opportunity to spend time with a number of our global experts, thinkers and leaders. As I'm immersing myself in a different culture within a much larger team, I'm excited about the insights and learnings. Throughout this time, I'm speaking to different leaders and sharing thought-provoking, relevant and influential takeaways. Today, I'm really excited to be speaking with Diana O'Brien. Diana is the Deloitte US Chief Marketing Officer, and if that's not a big enough role, she's also the Deloitte Global Chief Marketing Officer. Diana, great to speak to you today. Oh, Katie, it's great to be here. Thanks. Thank you. Diana, I wonder if, before we get into the questions, whether you'd be able to just give us a very brief um, overview about your interesting career and background, please. Of course. I have been with the firm since 1985, uh, with a small time away when I had my children. And, uh, and I've done so many different things. I started as a healthcare consultant and spent uh, a good part of my time in the provider space and then a number of years in the life sciences space. I ultimately was a client leader for our, several of our life science clients and ultimately took over the life sciences portfolio. But after I had done that and I felt like I had achieved the pinnacle, I was asked to take on an opportunity to lead Deloitte University, which was one of the most extraordinary experiences of my career. And that just led to, again, another great opportunity, which uh, allowed me to sit on our U.S. executive and have responsibility for all of our marketing, sales, demand, uh, gen activities, and all of our client leaders. I also had an opportunity to then step into the global client leader role. And that was uh, also one of the most interesting experiences because it really took me outside the U.S and uh, exposed me to things that I just hadn't had a chance to really dig deep in other than with individual clients. Uh, and then from there, I went into the U.S. marketing position and ultimately this past January, the global marketing position. It's an incredibly interesting background, Diana. I'm, I'm really interested to explore how your life and career has improved as a result of being better connected with people across the globe. Yeah, but that's what I, I really wish we could um, get earlier into people's careers. For me, it happened obviously after I was a partner. I wish I'd had more opportunities to engage around the world with our clients and our colleagues sooner because for me, it really strengthened my own um, perspective and, and empathy and quite honestly, ability to listen more deeply. Uh, I think we're always so busy rushing, we can easily fall into multitasking, and we're not listening in the same way that we need to. When you travel, uh, particularly when you're going and you're uh, engaging with, uh, in, with colleagues where English is not their first language, it is really um, my responsibility in that particular case to listen deeply when they're working to speak in my language as a courtesy to me. And so I, it, it builds on my empathy. It builds on my ability to know them as a person because I'm listening really deeply. And so I think that it's helped me to um, have stronger relationships, even in the U.S., 
because it strengthened my ability to really listen and, and want to see it from their point of view and understand. That's that's a really interesting um, perspective. I mean, I think there are so many benefits to, to working across different cultures, but that's one I probably hadn't thought about. I, I think that's incredibly interesting. Diana, I'm interested to know whether you've been to Australia and if you have, or even I know that you you connect with a number of people who work with the Australian firm and are from the country, what's the one thing you'd like to know a little bit better or better understand about the country? I haven't travelled there yet. I am travelling there uh, in in June of this uh, coming year. Okay. But I was on the phone with them last night at 10 o'clock um, p.m. on a Sunday because <laughs> that was the start of their day. Uh, sure. Uh, so I, I certainly do talk to them and engage with them and know them and have met them. And I I'm, I think that the Australian firm is, has so many terrific leaders. I'm impressed with them every day uh, by their creativity, their thoughtfulness, their client-centered mindset. Uh, And they're going through such a big uh, change right now, really becoming Mm. um, a more integrated um, region so that they can share talent across boundaries much more easily. And I just think it's going to be terrific for for everyone. What I most want to do when I get there, though, honestly, is um, is taking the beauty, um, the natural beauty. And I had a chance to be in Cannes this year when our team uh, presented ah. uh, for one of the awards uh, related to the Great Barrier Reef. Okay. Yes. And I, I literally was crying as I watched <laughs> it. And I thought, I cannot wait to, uh, to really just be there to take it in. Fantastic. So will a trip to the Great Barrier Reef be on the cards if you're able to squeeze it in between meetings? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll you and you'll know all about it from an economic perspective and what it adds That's to the country great. as well. That's great. Oh, fantastic. I love it. Diana, would you say that you learn more from failure or success? You know, I think I actually learn a lot from both, and that's because in my household growing up, um, no matter what you did, you could have done your very best. Um, in my in my household, there were people in my parents in particular, but my siblings uh, certainly have taken up the mantle. Who would be like, that was good, but you could have done this and this. <laughs> and so uh, we were always, um, uh, you know, adding to what was the opportunity to learn from whatever the experience was. And so I don't I don't get too disappointed um, in my failures, and I don't um, get too excited about my successes because in in both there's really something to take away. That's an interesting perspective. I like the idea from it being instilled from from the from a young age. <laughs> yeah. Are there any significant challenges that you've navigated in your career that you've drawn particular strength from or insights that you'd like to share, Diana? You know, Katie, the, for me, the, what I, um, absolutely, and I would say I've had, I've had lots of them, big challenges, little challenges, things that were really difficult to navigate through. For me, the most significant was when my children were diagnosed with autism. I was not yet a partner. Uh, I was on, it was the year that I was up for becoming a partner and, uh, and they were, uh, they were diagnosed and I simply thought I couldn't go on. I thought I was going to have to leave my career and I really understood what it was to be a partner then because the partners around 
me, my teammates around me all rallied and said, nope, you're going to go, you're going to sign your papers, you're going to be mm-hmm. a partner. You know, you can figure it out later if something, if you need to leave, but right now you're going to, you're going to make it and we're going to let you take the leave. And, you know, work-life balance wasn't quite as embraced as it is today and letting people take leaves of absence wasn't as easily understood, but they just rallied behind me and, and allowed me to have that opportunity. And that, that really changed um, my um, my sense of partnership and my my indebtedness to the people that stood with me in what was one of the worst moments of my own life, and uh, and they they let me continue, and I I wouldn't have had the great career that I have if it not for them. So I I think back on that, and I I share with others that um, being a partner is so much more than sharing in the economics of um, and profits of our firm. It's really being part of something where people stand with you and they stand for you. Uh, and they do that in, in the moments that you have great success and they do that in the moments that you're, you, you are in great need. And that's really special. That's an incredibly special story. I, I read the blog that you wrote about that. Um, and I, I imagine that must have influenced the, the way that you embrace and, and look after and support the team around you, having had that well, experience. Well, I hope it does. I mean, I, I was able to take advantage of so many different flexible arrangements. I think I've brought some creativity to others as they've looked to navigate different experiences in their life, um, whether it was, you know, um, mental health illnesses or family challenges or elderly parents having babies, whatever. I, I hope I've helped people navigate those and still have a really meaningful career to be part of. And I and I think just knowing you're not alone, that is such a mm. great um, aspect. I know the gig economy is growing and people want to be out in the in the entrepreneurial world, but there's something to be said for being part of an enterprise where you have teammates sure. um, there with you along the along your life journey. Oh, there, there is, and having spoken to some of the people in in your direct team, they've they've talked quite extensively about how how important it is for you to to nurture and and build a sense of team. So my my impression from talking to them was that that had made quite a profound difference on you. Yeah. Diana, in, in your opening, you, you talked about um, establishing Deloitte University in 2008 and that you went on to open and lead it. Tell me about, a bit more about that experience and, and how it has impacted how you lead, please. Well, the first thing I'd say is I think that attending Deloitte University at any time, whether you're um, a guest or an instructor or um, or, or me when I first was part of it, it's just all, it's all special and it will affect your ability to lead. It will make you a stronger leader. Um, so it was a great privilege. I'm not really sure why I had the opportunity, but I did. And uh, I, I'm so deeply grateful for the people I got to work with, the uh, opportunity to learn and grow uh, and create what was for me probably the biggest opportunity to define world-class experience that's what I wanted. I wanted everyone who showed up at that door to have a world-class experience. And I believe we created that and I believe we've, the team has sustained it. Um, it, it. It's just a special place where everyone has an opportunity at any moment 
to lead if they have something to offer. And everyone at every moment has something to learn if they're willing to listen and open their, you know, their hearts and their minds to what's, what's happening and available there. And the environment itself is conducive to it. Um, the way that way the whole facility was created and the people who um, spent hours designing it helped to create that. But it's also when you're there and you feel that energy, I just know no one who's not changed by being there. Um, and I think you're changed because you realize you have the opportunity to lead and you have the opportunity to learn at any moment in your life. That sounds fantastic. Do, do you get back there very often? I do. And I, when I do, I honestly, it's like, feels like I'm coming home or something and, <laughs> and coming to, you know, the best place of your, like that you remember with the fondest memories. <laughs> sounds fantastic. What would you say has been the biggest turning point in your career, Diana? You know, I think stepping out from my mentors, um, you know, I had a lot early in my career and they were wonderful, fantastic leaders. I had one that I was with for a number of years on one account and I knew that I just wasn't growing and learning in the same way that I wanted to. Uh, I had been there a long time. I was bored. And uh, I went to other leaders and said, I just need a new opportunity. This isn't enough for me. And, and if I don't get one, I, I really do think I need to leave. And, um, and, and it had been this fabulous opportunity. So there was nothing wrong with what I, what I had been given, but I knew that I wasn't growing anymore. And, uh, and so I, I did that. And that then resulted quite honestly in one of the biggest cascades of opportunities that happened. I, took on life sciences, I got another account, I ultimately got DU, I took on succession. You know, I had a number of things that came my way. And I think it, none of that would have happened if I had uh, chosen to stay in the place that uh, felt most familiar and was fairly easy to do. Mm. And I think I think having that that um, confidence to take risks and and put your hands up like that yep. is is very consistent theme from from each of the people I've spoken to of the previous podcasts and and certainly a big takeaway from me from from all of the leaders I've spoken to thus far. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah, and will in, impact what I'm doing when I get home. <laughs> Diana, what would you say that Nirvana in your career looks like? I think Nirvana for me is creating uh, the space, the environment, the experiences that allow the people, our people, our clients, um, you know, the anyone anyone in the community that we're interacting with um, to thrive, to be better than they were the day before, to find something new in themselves. That's uh, if I if I feel I'm participating in that, I I feel I've uh, I'm living my purpose. And that that's a delightful response but I mean it's also I, I also reflect that it's it's more about other people rather than specifically what you are focused on I would say that's true now I will say that one thing that's changed for me um, is that for a long time I I had I had sort of crafted my own mission statement and I knew what I I wanted and and it was what I was just describing about creating an environment for people to thrive but I did realize, I came to realize uh, about the time that our firm started focusing on well-being that I never put myself in that equation. And as a result, I, um, I wasn't as healthy as I needed to be. Okay. Um, and so that was an important shift that I need to create environments and experiences for people to thrive. But that includes me. Like I need that too. And 
Uh, and that was a that was a huge aha for me as we as we as a as a U.S. organization really stepped into the well-being space and and recognized um, what what people need to do to stay healthy um, mentally, physically, emotionally, um, spiritually to to keep your life in a in, at solid grounding. And and are you happier that you you have a little more focus on looking after your yourself in that equation now? Yeah, I just I actually just added that little part to it, which said including me, and and that um, really helped. Um, it it allowed for me to make more space for um, for that to for that to happen. And sometimes it actually happened with others. Like it was a joint, um, you know, it might be going to the gym with someone or enjoying you know a show with someone that are people that I these are things I knew they liked and they're yes. also good for me. So yeah. I like it. So there's much talk about work-life balance, and and I tend to I tend personally to think more about having a balanced life. What what does a balanced life mean for you, Diana? Well, first, I love your term balanced life. I think that's a better way of saying it. Um, mine is um, is pretty simple. I think one that you need people to love, yeah, and people to love. You know, happy, healthy families, uh, friends. Um, you know, colleagues, whatever. Yes. Um, I think you need something important to do. Um, and that that can be anything, really, as long as you know you're making an impact, something where you can make a difference, um, that, you know, you, your work is valued, uh, whatever that is. And that can be in your community. It can be in your home. It can be um, in a job. Um, I think you, you need to have, um, you know, a grateful um uh, sort of forgiving, if you will, um, heart. Um, but I added well to that. Like, I think you need to be well. You need a, mm-hmm. a grateful and forgiving well heart and mind. Um, because I, I do think that you're, lots of things happen. I mean, the world, there, there's there's so many um, difficult moments in life. And you need to be able, you, you need resilience to get through that. And I think you get resilience by, um through gratefulness and through forgiveness. And so I think you have to be centered with those, um, with those two, two attributes. So if you have people to love and you have something important where you can make an impact and you have a, um, a sort of grateful, forgiving heart, I think you'll, be, uh, you'll live a balanced life. Nicely put. I like that. Diana, you're known for being passionate about creating environments where teams have a sense of belonging. And we talked a little bit about this before, but I'd like to understand just in a little bit more detail why that's so important to you. Well, again, we as a firm, I think, have done a really nice job of focusing on diversity and inclusion. And diversity meaning that you we want people that have lots of differences at the table. Um, inclusion meaning you're all invited to the table, but belonging is that you feel like you're there so that your best can come forward. And so when I when I say it's diversity, inclusion, and belonging, they all go together. Uh, and that that belonging part is simply that if I feel I belong, then all my best, my unique skills and experiences, the things I am bringing from my culture or, um, you know, how I grew up, I can bring that uh, to bear to everyone else and share those perspectives and talents. And and I have the confidence to do so. And that's when real power happens. Mm-hmm. And are we getting better at doing that as a firm? Yeah, I think we are. I mean, I don't think we're, I don't think we've, we've cracked the nut on it, um, but I think that we are tapping into um, how to be an inclusive leader. And when we think about what an inclusive leader looks like, um, it is someone that, you know, takes time to help people 
feel like they belong. Um, they don't just invite them. They don't just, you know, hire them, but they invite them to be part of it. And then they help them to have the confidence to be, to, to feel good about sharing what they have to offer. Thank you. What is there any one thing that you'd change about the business environment of today, Diana? I think we should just be more kind. I think all of us should be more kind to one another. I think kindness and bravery are two really important attributes in business, and I don't see enough of either. Oh, amen. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, <laughs> we could talk about that all day. <laughs> yeah, we could. Oh, oh, yeah. So, Diana, you, you talked about your, your kids earlier, and, and I'd really like to return to, to them briefly. Uh, and, again, I think this is probably a topic that we could talk about all day. But what, what are the things that you've learned the most from being a parent? Uh, I've learned that I have to be willing to grow and change um, for them because they're they're teaching me. Uh, I think that I thought, oh, I'm going to teach them. I'm going to, um, you know, I'll guide them in the ways of the world. And, you know, I, I, I hope I've shared something of, of worth to them. But honestly, I think they changed me. They guided me. They helped me to to grow further and deeper than I imagined I would and place they I went to places I didn't know that I could because of them and that's uh that's an incredible gift Mm, absolutely and from them from them to you um Diana you wrote a great blog last year and in it you said that it only takes one person to to break a boundary and only one first to forge a path for others. And that really resonated with me. Um, I'm interested in a couple of things. Uh, firstly, how that's how this belief has influenced your parenting. Well, the first thing I'd say is that in the beginning, I did limit my children's um, uh, maybe growth because I didn't have um, I didn't have high enough expectations. I you know, I listened to what doctors or therapists might have told me about what they could achieve um, or what might happen to them. And and while I didn't want to, it was still in the back of my mind what the doctor said. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I just, you know, I again, they taught me that I I should not limit them um, with my low expectations. I should um, I should believe that anything's possible that they want to to make happen, and that they that they'll find ways for the things where they're most passionate, and that's that's absolutely been true. Um, so I think not limiting others by putting them in a box um, just because you grew up a certain way or you um, have certain things or you went to certain schools, it doesn't mean that you. Um, that you can achieve everything that you want. Um, so not limiting others um, is, is really fundamental to not just how I'm a parent, but how I think about the environment where I'm coaching and, and, and mentoring others uh, within Deloitte. Sure. And, and the, the question that I was going to ask in, in follow-up was how it's influenced your role at Deloitte. Would, is there anything that you'd add on that front? I mean, what you've talked about in terms of it influencing your parenting skills ties in superbly to Deloitte, I would have thought, but would you add anything on that front? Well, I just think, you know, the exact same thing was the case when I was mentoring, right? I would start early in my career, I was mentoring people thinking I knew what was best for them, and so they should do this or that, and uh, and I have come to appreciate that that's not um, the best way 
to actually mentor someone. It's really to help them discover um, their best. It's to ask them questions, not tell them what um, what to do. Sure. I think if you can ask questions that allow for options and people can see possibilities as a result of talking to you, that makes more of their growth possible. And uh, but telling people doesn't 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 help them in, in in the way that helping them discover it does. Sure. Diana, I'm so appreciative of your time today. Uh, just in closing, is there is there anything final that you'd like to share with our listeners? I would just come back to, I think we just need more kindness and bravery and work. And if we all thought about that, gosh, the world would be a better place. It, it absolutely would. Diana O'Brien, thank you so much for your time today. I'm really grateful. Thank and you. Thank you.